All financial advice provided on this show is for entertainment and educational purposes only. The financial ideas and strategies discussed are only provided as a starting point for a conversation about money matters. With regard to your particular investments and financial strategies, consult your financial planner, CPA, or investment professional. All your financial decisions are yours and yours alone to make and subsequently are solely your responsibility. The information that is supplied through the context of the radio program and any repurposing of its content by the host or network is a combination and collection of solid financial investment understanding, opinion, and comments. This network, show, and its host are not liable for financial strategies, outcomes that you employ in any manner that result in any kind of loss. Shares of corporate sponsors may be the subject of buy or sell recommendations in Jay Taylor's newsletter in accordance with Jay's objective opinion. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. This hour will help investors fix issues and achieve personal gain. Now, here's your host, Jay Taylor. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I am your host, Jay Taylor, and I'm really happy to be with you this election day, November 7th, 2016. Uh, I'd like to remind you each and every week, I'm also the author of a newsletter called Jay Taylor's Gold Energy and Tech Stocks, and my company, Taylor Hard Money Advisors. Uh, is in partnership with Chen Lin, who publishes What is Chen Buying? What is Chen Selling? And you can subscribe to both of those newsletters by going to miningstocks.com, miningstocks.com, or you can call our office during normal work hours in New York City, 718-457-1426, 718-457-1426. We want to thank our sponsors for making this show economically viable. Our sponsors for today's show are Novo Resources, Klondike Gold, RN Resources, and Ariane Phosphate. Not one, but three of our current sponsors that I just named are going to be appearing at the uh, at the show this weekend, the Metals Investor Forum in Vancouver. It's going to be held at the Rosewood, Georgia Hotel. Those companies are three of my favorites, actually, three of uh, the ones that I have the largest uh, percentage of my holdings in. Those companies are RN Resources, Klondike Gold, and Novo Resources. And so I'm really excited about meeting up with their managements and also meeting up with uh, various companies in addition that will be there. I think some 27 different companies will be at this event. Uh, I'm also hopeful to meet up with some of you, some of the subscribers, some of um, my listeners to this show as well. Uh, Those of you who may be in the Vancouver area may want to consider attending. If you haven't signed up for uh, attending that show, it is a free admission, but the space is limited, so you do need to put your name on the list to make sure there is a chair for you at this event. Go to miningstocks.com, miningstocks.com. Uh, and you'll just click on the banner, the Metals Investor Forum banner, near the top of the page. Uh, fill in your name and email address, and you'll have a spot at the uh, uh, at the Metals Investor Forum. Uh, I will be speaking at I'm scheduled to speak at 11:30 on Sunday morning. Uh, other newsletter writers that will be speaking there: uh, Brent Cook, Eric Coffin, Joe Mazumder, uh, John Kaiser, Jordan. Uh, Roy Byrne and Gwen Preston. Uh, Each of us will have, I think, 20 minutes to talk uh, to the audience, but then mostly it will be the companies that will be presenting their stories. And again, I think some really excellent opportunities, especially as the gold market has cooled off a little bit here and the mining shares have pulled back a bit. I think it's a good time. uh, If you believe this is a new bull market in gold, it's a good time to start looking at acquiring some of uh, these undervalued shares. Before we get into today's show, uh, let me request you go to miningstocks.com once again and read my article that I sent to my subscribers this past weekend. I titled the article, Better the Devil You Know, I'm Voting for Trump. 
let me say straight away that Trump is certainly not my ideal candidate. That ideal candidate was Dr. Ron Paul, who ran the last election uh, cycle. His uh, Dr. Paul's message was clear, and unlike Trump, he didn't carry the kind of baggage that Mr. Trump appears to carry with him. But Trump is the alternative, and quite frankly, I believe he is better than any of the other Republican candidates, with the possible exception of Rand Paul, because if he lives up to his campaign promise, at least, and of course that's a big if, he will take on a horribly corrupt political system, as we've just noticed and has have been uh, uh, privy to learn. I don't think that any of the other candidates, the other Republican candidates who are considered more mainstream candidates, any of them would have spoken out so boldly about the corruption of the existing tr- system as uh, as Trump has. There are many issues that I could uh, spend all hour talking about. Uh, but the one issue that was really a clincher for me and why I am voting for Trump rather than what would have been my alternative, Gary Johnson, uh, of the Libertarian Party, uh, the issue uh, of Obama, of the Obama Justice Department forcing the FBI to hide the truth about uh, and to avoid prosecution or at least investigation uh, and, and, hire, and putting together a grand jury uh, to investigate Hillary Clinton's alleged crimes. That was really very problematic for me as I've learned about that over the recent days. What has just taken place in America, I believe, harkens back to the Watergate scandal. In fact, it is virtually a replay in many ways with all the manner of dirty tricks that were pulled by Richard Nixon. We've seen numerous dirty tricks pulled by the Democrats, including uh, passing along uh, questions to Mrs. Clinton before uh, for the debates. We've seen uh, thugs that were hired to go beat up people at the Trump rallies and so forth. It is just a disgrace what the Democrats have done uh, in this uh, in this campaign, in my view. And it, but the real big thing here has to do with the issue of suppressing evidence and the Justice Department, which of course reports to the president, and not allowing the FBI. We're not allowing an independent review and prosecution of wrongdoings. We heard all of the wrongdoings spelled out by the FBI, uh, but then for some reason, uh, because he said there wasn't intent, uh, they weren't going to prosecute Mrs. Clinton. Well, other people have gone to jail for crimes similar to what Mrs. Clinton has has done with her emails, and so it seems very unjust. But what is just or unjust, what really bothers me is the idea that the truth is being suppressed from the American people. Uh, in addition, of course, the media, uh, very much one-sided in this whole issue, uh, is also very problematic and I think dangerous to our republic, for sure. Um, if you essentially have removed one of the three stools of our government, the counterbalancing powers, if you align the Justice Department with the executive, and then what you do is gang up against the uh, the legislative Uh, uh, part of the government, which is the the body of the people, then essentially you have formed a dictatorship, and I think that we are very near that point uh, in time. And now let me ask you one more thing. What do you think that a Clinton presidency might do with information that comes from uh, NSA? We know from Edward Snowden that NSA spies and has the ability to spy on all of us anytime, all the time, and use that information and keep it indefinitely and then use it against us. Well, why would we think that a Clinton presidency would be so concerned about NSA when uh, concerned about national security, uh, given her recent past activity, not only hers, but of the Clinton Foundation as well? Um, and then 
how would we, why would we think that she would use information from NSA for any purpose or that she might not use that information for pur- purposes of squelching any political dissidents or any ideas other than her own with respect to the way the country should be run? In other words, what I'm saying is I think what we're losing and what's at risk here is a complete loss of the three branches of government that provided the checks and balances that allowed us to be quite different from most other countries around the world. Uh, and so I think that um, I, I've just decided that for my own, in my own conscience, uh, I, better, I better not vote for the devil I know. I, I don't know, um, you know what Mr. Trump will be all about. Uh, there are lots of things that I, that I like about his message, including the idea of national sovereignty, which Mrs. Clinton clearly is not in favor of. She's in favor of a one-world government and taking the rights of the American people away and making them equal to the rights of people around the world. That also uh, is one of the reasons that I favor Trump over Clinton because of this issue of national uh, sovereignty, which I think is very, very important. But it's an issue that clearly is uh, is being lost uh, on the, not only the American people, but people around the world. Uh, all right, let's switch gears a little bit and get into today's show. Um, you know, I, I was talking, in fact, interviewed James Rickards, and you can listen to my interview with James at jtaylormedia.com. Go to the podcast page there. James told me at the end of that discussion, he said that he believes uh, that Trump is our last hope of, of avoiding a an absolute dictatorship. That was... Uh, that was the the opinion of James Rickards, a former CIA agent who's advised the Pentagon uh, and the Defense Department. Uh, and again, go to jtaylormedia.com. It's near the top of uh, of the different podcasts that are there uh, to listen to what James Rickards had to say. Um, anyway, I, I titled today's show The Gold Money Reality, How You Can Use Gold as Money Now. And at first... Uh, you know, it was sort of the scheduling that came about uh, had us uh, with, uh, uh, with, uh, with the person we had, with Daryl McMillan. Uh, at first, I was thinking, well, James Rickards would have been a better guest for an election day like today. But then the more I thought about it, I realized that Daryl McMillan uh, of Gold Money, uh, previously known as BitGold, is actually the perfect guest for today. And I say that because no matter who wins the presidency, our country and its monetary system is a disaster waiting to implode I have no doubt about that, unfortunately. I believe that's absolutely going to happen. It's just a matter of when. Uh, we will have another 2008-2009 event, in my opinion, and, and it's likely to be a magnitude worse than that one because all they've done is paper over the problems. They've not allowed the markets to return to equilibrium. They've just stretched the limits of debt further and further and further, which is really our undoing, why we can't get any growth in the economy because debt is really weighing us down beyond belief. And so, actually, with Daryl coming on today, today's show, he will provide some very practical advice as to how you can use gold money to protect your wealth when the dollars you carry around uh, in your pockets and your bank account become increasingly worthless, or when the banks decide that they just simply can't pay you back the money that you lent them. Keep in mind that when you put your money in the bank, you are an unsecured lender. And unsecured lenders sometimes don't get paid in full. Well, the banks are planning what they call bail-in. So I will ask uh, Daryl to explain exactly how you can turn your intrinsically worthless fiat money into intrinsically valuable gold money and then use that to pay your life's expenses. And also, uh, I'm once again very pleased and happy to have 
Michael Oliver with me today, as usual. Uh, he'll focus on uh, the major financial and commodity markets, but in fact, I'm going to ask him to expand uh, his uh, his comments today a little bit to talk also about the election and whether he thinks uh, the outcome of this election will really make any difference with respect to the major markets that Michael talks about almost every week here on this show. Well, we do have to take a commercial break now, but don't go away because when we come back, we will be with Michael Oliver. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Oren Resources is a Canadian-based gold exploration company focused on the company's flagship Committee Bay Project, located in northern Canada, one of the best mining jurisdictions in the world. The company's current resource, outlined by drilling thus far, stands at 1.1 million ounces of gold at over 8 grams per ton. Oren is operated by the same team that founded Asanko Gold, which is constructing a major gold mine in West Africa, and Caden Resources, which was recently purchased in November for over two. million. Novo Resources focuses on the exploration and development of gold projects. Its flagship asset is the Beaton's Creek Gold Project in Western Australia, where it is currently processing a 30,000-ton bulk sample. Novo also controls 100% interest in the Blue Speck Gold Antimony Project, where it is conducting a 10,000-meter drill program. The company has over $7 million in cash and enjoys strong shareholder support from the likes of Eric Sprott and Newmont Mining. It trades in Canada and the U.S. under the symbols NVO and NSRPF respectively. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number 4, Taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, and I'm really glad to have with me once again Michael Oliver. Michael is on this show almost every week because of his excellent forecasting of the major markets that we are so concerned about on this show. Of course, those markets are stocks and bonds, precious metals and commodities, you know, you know the, the things we talk about every week with Michael. Those are the major plate tectonics of the financial world, and I want to get Michael to update us on those today, as, as he usually does. But I also want to uh, have Michael talk a little bit about the elections and his views of what's going on uh, from a non-technical point of view, because he really does have a good handle on understanding economics and socioeconomics as well as anybody I know. In fact, he's written an excellent book. It's called The New Libertarianism and Anarcho-Capitalism, and uh, you can buy that book at Amazon.com. Uh, if you enter the can- category at Amazon, Libertarianism, Michael's book, uh, The New Libertarian New Libertarianism and Anarcho-Capitalism, appears near the top of the list. It is one of the best sellers in that area. Well, thanks so much for joining me again, Michael. Oh, great to be back, Jay. Thank you. Really good to have you back. Now, I just watched a Yale professor and former Morgan Stanley banker Stephen Roach tell Tom Kane 
that Hillary is almost certain to win. I mean, he says he just doesn't believe she can't win. But if uh, by chance she should lose, he's going to um, he's going to get another passport and leave the country. Um, w- if are you going to leave the country if Hillary uh, or if uh, well, I, I won't Mr. Leave Trump wins? Uh, no, I'm very optimistic, uh, and um, it, it's not specific to this election. Um, uh, there's two parts to me. There's the libertarian thinker part, and then there's the, and I don't let, allow that to mix my, with my technical analysis because uh-huh. it can corrupt it. You know, but if you yes. have a have a uh, idea of economic factors or uh, philosophical factors, they can get in the way of timing. Timing is I all know it all too well, well, Michael. I know it all don't too let well. Let them mix together if you have that, uh, and I separate them well. But um, I'm very optimistic that there is a. a and this happens in markets as well. We're used to incremental change uh, all the time. And it's, in fact, it's not true. Things don't change incrementally. Most major changes occur dramatically, like uh, clear air turbulence hitting an airplane or something. Uh, and this is the way markets move as well. It's also the way political trends and philosophical political trends occur and unfold. Um, you know, we can go back to the early 1900s and the, and the rise of communism, and you can see also the collapse of Soviet Russia uh, in the late 80s. It was like overnight, like they pulled a switch on it. Within a year or two, bang, it was gone. Uh, China, uh, in the late 80s, under Deng Xiaoping, began to privatize and, dis- and then began rapidly to do so, one sector after another. So these changes happen abruptly, and they're not like on an incremental little clock or a gear wheel. I think that the trend, the political trend in the U.S. towards statism, more and more and more and more, over the last, especially the last 50 years, let's, let's call it from Lyndon Baines Johnson to the present, has been consistent, regardless of who's president. Uh, the, the power of the state rises, uh, the excuses for new rules, regulations, new taxes, etc., always is on the rise. And it doesn't matter which party is in charge. Uh, minor variances can occur, but basically the trend is incremental and has been intact for you know, much of our lifetime. Mm-hmm. I think that's changing. And I think it's changing because the buildup of error, economic errors, a misallocation of resources that are caused by intervention and the, what I call the coercive allocation of values, which is what governments do. They coercively allocate value. Uh-huh. Uh, they determine what's right and wrong, what you're to do, not do. They determine what you do with your money or don't do with a good chunk of your money, and so forth. Uh, and it creates errors, errors in business decisions, errors in stock market pricing, errors in bond market pricing. Uh, it's an obvious example. And if these are erroneous, if these trends are, in fact, not based on reality, but are based instead in, on political coercion, then the error ultimately reveals itself. And maybe it reveals itself in many different ways, like the housing crisis did in 2008, mm-hmm. seven and eight, for example. Well, I think what I see in the markets today, the major tectonic plates again, is a movement toward a dramatic resolution. No more incrementalism, a snapping sound. And it's starting to occur, and I think it will, it started this year early with gold and oil turning up. I think we'll see more commodity rise dramatically next year. A bond top has occurred. I think we'll see more downside in price, upside in yields there. Again, probably on an irregular basis, but fairly dramatic when you take it in, uh, uh, when you look at that market a year from now. Stock prices, I think, have topped. Uh, the S&P is the one rare, rare example in the developed economy stock indices that is still floating around near its highs. of Right now, today, for example, where we were 16 months ago. 
<laughs> Same place. Okay. So, you know, and that's the strongest of the developed economy mm-hmm. stock markets. Mm-hmm. Okay. Look at Germany. Look at the Euro stocks 50. Look at all the others. They're all way off their highs. So I think there's movement, and I think this movement will become dramatic and will become coordinated, which is, in effect, a reflection of the political breakdown of the trend that we've seen for the last uh, 50 years plus. And I think they'll go together, hand in hand, and it will speed up the process. Again, regardless of who's elected president, I think that trend is inexorable, and I think the markets will hasten it along. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. You know, I, I, I just couldn't help but think you use this uh, uh, this picture of a plate tectonics. You know, they move so slowly, uh, but they keep moving in, in the same direction until they meet that, that limit, uh, where they can't move any any anymore, and then you have an earthquake, mm-hmm. and you have a mm-hmm. sudden a sudden jolt, uh, and no things change, and things <laughs> yeah. I mean, so if you have policies put into place and coercion and mistakes are made, and then instead of allowing those mistakes to be cured by allowing the markets to be free, they continue to paper over those mistakes with more and more faster and faster until some point in time, uh, the tectonics, the plate tectonics, the force, uh, the limits are met, and the system comes tumbling down. That's what you're seeing, I guess. That's what you're that's, predicting, that's and that's, that's what we have seen. Coordination between the two, you know, the political philosophy side, and then on the other side, the, the economic trends, or, the, or in my case, the technical trends that I see, mm-hmm. uh, and I think yeah. they fit together. Yeah. You know, I like to say, you know, if I had wings, I could fly. The Democrats, or let's say not Democrats, the Republicans are guilty too. The statists uh, want to promise people things that are not possible many times, and they want to do things, and they don't let the markets work, and somehow they think they're smarter than the collective wisdom of markets. And I guess, you know, that's hubris. That's human nature to a great extent. We all have to watch ourselves because we can... Uh, we can start thinking we know more than we do. I think that's what's beautiful about your technical analysis. Michael, you know, you, you're you a very smart guy. You understand as well as anybody how free markets work and how when markets aren't free, they don't work very well. But at the same time, you don't allow that 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 idea, that prejudice, that viewpoint that you have uh, to make you think you know better than the markets which way they should go. Instead, you're looking at the markets. You're basically like a geophysicist. You're reading the plate tectonics of these markets. Uh, and that's, then uh, the seismic, the the, yeah, the, sort of the seismic readings of the markets, yeah. and then you know, and then, uh, and then really, uh, I guess, revering nature and then reporting on it, right? Right. That's basically it. Uh, same is true in political philosophy. It's uh, you, you don't make it up; you discover it, and, and you can do it either way. And if you make it up, you end up with what uh, you know, progressivism or fascism or so, uh, state socialism ended up as a disaster, you know, and yeah. I think progressivism is the new version of that, and it's, it's been growing and growing and growing, uh, and it, it involves both parties to some extent more one than the other, but ultimately it doesn't get undone, and when it doesn't get undone, it creates this buildup of error, and we've had 50 years of this now, with periodic uh, jolts, you know, like 2008 and the, uh, the, the, the crash in the tech sector and so forth in 2000, but I think the next one's going to be multiple asset class. Not yeah, where, yeah, yeah. Where else? Could, who who can you bail out now? The sovereign nations uh, are the last. <laughs> and, you know, and and Michael, I'm looking right now. I saw just a moment ago the T bond hit 162. I mean, that's so far they've below what your threshold. Within a tick or two of the low of the quarter. Yeah, they've repeatedly yeah. down on the high 161s, trying to desperately hold there. Um, in other words, they're not excited by a 
Hillary victory, which is apparently what the market is excited about. Yeah. In, in other words, a, a continuity is what she, she represents. And yeah. the markets like that idea of the continuity, especially Wall Street, a continuity of political uh, corporate relationships. Uh, right. Capitalism will continue, et cetera, et cetera. And so if, if we can bet on the same, let's bet on the same. And that's, mm-hmm. that's what's going on. Uh, I bet that regardless of that, it will not continue. Because the markets are telling me that we're having, we're going to have major, major shifts. All right, Michael. Before I ask you uh, to comment on a couple of specific markets, just briefly here, but I, I just want to run a pass, run past a comment that you sent to me by email this morning. You said, "No matter the outcome of the election, people should be optimistic. Things look so bad now, economically and geopolitically. So I'm asking you, why should anybody be optimistic? Uh, just because you think nature will run its course and, and in effect, human equilibrium will be returned? The, the human mind is not ultimately suicidal. Uh, it can be up to a point, but in mass, people will f- figure things out. The things that don't work and it finally hurts them enough, they rebel. They pick up a brick and they throw it. Uh, and, you know, if, if you get enough of that sense of, gee, I'm desperate, things aren't changing, then you want to have a tantrum. And it's not always the case that the transitions occur because a new good idea replaces a bad old idea. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's merely the collapse of the bad old idea and people throwing bricks, <laughs> if you get mm-hmm. what I mean. And then yeah. people then figure it out after that, once you've got the sufficient burn-it-down mentality, uh, I'm speaking philosophically, and, and uh, then you rebuild from there. And it's, it's an evolutionary-type thing. Uh, what works... You do. The Chinese have discovered this in the uh, last several decades. Mm-hmm. Uh, they continue to privatize. Why? Because it works. They don't have a philosophical yeah. paper on it. Uh, but yeah. Deng Xiaoping privatized agriculture. All of a sudden, their disastrous crop year after crop year ended. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, and, and of course, the Soviet Union did that as well with uh, yeah. Yeah. private. You know, with the state statist agriculture, and uh, it was just a disaster. So we think somehow in the United States we're supposed to be a free market economy. Uh, you know, one half of every transaction is uh, is is polluted with uh, with funny money, in essence. Well, anyway, Michael, let me just ask you: uh, we you just the T bond market? You think we've seen the highs, uh, the highs in the bond market, the highs, and we're going to see yields? Not. Yeah, yields are heading much higher. Being short the T bonds, especially the futures, is that if you ever get a stock market jolt of size, let's say call it yeah. eight to ten percent rapidly, you'll get a rally in the T bonds of flight to safety. So you got to be careful about that. It won't yeah. be a trend-changing rally, but it'll hurt if you're short. Um, gold market, I think, is on track for much higher levels. This is a corrective pullback. It does not damage anything on the long-term or long-term momentum studies whatsoever. In fact, the pullback was to where it made sense, and it's mm-hmm. begun to gel around there. Um, the stock market, again, the S&P, the Dow, and the NASDAQ 100 are exemptions to the developed market stock indices around the world. They don't represent what's really going on there, which is decay and decline. Uh, but they're not going up either. Uh, again, the S&P is where it was 16 months ago, and it's all of 2% where it was uh, two, two and a quarter years ago. Uh, so it's, it's pretty pathetic, if that's yeah. the best that stocks can produce. Uh, and commodities in layers are advancing. Gold and oil first. Copper's taken off recently. We had some reports on it. Grains, I think, will be, have a good year next year. So uh, as a wholesale asset category, by next year, everybody will realize that the commodity category is a bull. And so I guess what you're suggesting is that the, uh, you know, the long-term or the debt markets are starting to 
maybe sniff out a bit of inflation already, mm -hmm. the inflation you're talking yep. about uh, in the commodity markets, perhaps. And yep. so the CPI, as the government measures it, might not be so friendly. We've had inflation, of course, in the financial markets, um, infl inflation in spades, I guess you could say, with the mm -hmm. equity markets, the debt markets going nuts as they have, essentially. But yep. now uh, those debt markets are smelling out the reality of higher prices, perhaps, and that's your thought, right? Yeah, and especially when it comes in commodities, because I know the central banks wanted stocks to be elevated because they thought that would generate sentiment, and sentiment would generate the economic growth and all that, and it didn't happen. Uh, mm -hmm. What they don't want is that monetary policy to explode the commodity markets, and I think mm -hmm. that's underway. Yeah. Well, uh, the, the monetary ease has certainly made a lot of people on Wall Street happy. I suppose most of the people on Wall Street are voting for Hillary today because they, they love it. Um, you know, life is pretty... Life is pretty good for them, so uh, just keep the booze uh, flowing, and uh, everything will be all right. Well, there's a whole lot of people in the middle of this country, as David Stockman points out, who aren't having such a good time, and many of them are voting for Trump today. But in any event, uh, Michael, I love your perspective, uh, your objective view of things. It's very helpful to me personally, and I know it is to many of our listeners, so thank you very much for being with us once again, and uh, hopefully next week we can talk to you again. Look forward to it, Jay. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Well, folks, uh, don't go away. We'll be right back uh, after the break. We're going to be talking to Daryl McMillan. Uh, he's the CEO of Gold Money, and uh, I think Daryl can help us understand how we can actually make gold money right now instead of using uh, instead of using um, uh, the fiat money that we're forced to use by government. So don't go away. We'll be right back with Daryl McMillan. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network Ariane Phosphate is the owner of the world's largest greenfield phosphate project. Unlike other fertilizer nutrients such as potash and nitrogen, phosphate is in deficit in most areas of the world, including right here in North America. It has no substitute and is necessary if we're to grow our crops. Unlike the Middle East and North Africa, which controls most of the world's phosphate, Ariane is situated in mining-friendly Quebec and, once in production, will reduce North America's growing reliance on foreign supply. With a market cap representing just 4% of its $2 billion NPV, Ariane may be the answer to growth in investors' portfolios while ensuring the safety of our food supply. Ariane, D-A-N on the TSXV and E-R-R-S-F in the U.S. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening 
listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Training Hard Times into Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, and I'm really pleased to have with me for the second time, Daryl McMullen. He's the CEO of Gold Money. Uh, Daryl has driven successful new payment and commercial innovations for the past 15 years using the uh, launch and leadership of PayPal during its first, uh, he was a leader of PayPal during the first eight years in Canada, uh, and he's worked closely both as an advisor and investor with entrepreneurs, developers, and industry partners to accelerate the growth of new fintech payments and uh, commerce experience. Uh, experiences as well. And so given that kind of background, it's not difficult to see why Daryl was the perfect CEO for Gold Money because Gold Money is utilizing the latest internet technologies to allow people to once again use gold as money. Well, thanks for joining me again, Daryl. Yeah, Jay, it's uh, great to talk to you again. You know, uh, while I'm interested in Gold Money as an investor today, I, I, you know, I I think it's an interesting investment story too, but we want to really try to help our listeners understand how they can use your service to actually use gold as money again. And in, in essence, uh, uh, you know, benefiting from the use of gold, our listeners understand, most of them, many of them at least understand that gold holds its value, whereas paper money, currency, fiat money does not. Um, now, so I really want to get into the nitty gritty of the, you know, how to use your service so people can start using it, listeners to this show uh, and my subscribers as well. Well, you know, I have a prepaid gold money MasterCard. It looks just like most, like any other MasterCard. Essentially, it's a prepaid card. Uh, I've not, I've used it a little bit. I've had some difficulty using it. Primarily, I guess because I'm not used to using prepaid cards. I always use uh, credit cards for the most part. But when I tried to use it, I think at least once or so they asked me for my PIN. And I couldn't remember my PIN. I didn't have it on me, and I didn't remember what it was because I don't use the card that often. Do you always need to have your PIN ready when you use uh, the gold money prepaid MasterCard? Um, yeah, I can certainly get into talked about how uh, prepaid MasterCard works in general. Uh, but in terms of how gold money overall it's offering, we offer a, a gold payments and savings network. So uh, think of it basically it looks and feels just like an online bank account. Uh, but allows people the ability to have a choice of being able to save in gold uh, much more effectively than ever in the past. So if you think of how you'd buy gold before, if you're buying uh, you know, physical gold, do um, you always have to deal with challenges of either delivery of gold, storage of gold, um, and there was always a lot of friction in terms of maintaining it, regardless of it being a, you know, a fantastic store of value. Here, uh, you're able to instantly purchased gold uh, using your credit card, using your bank account. Uh, We connect to the ACH network throughout the U.S. Um, So you can instantly move any money from your uh, bank account or credit card in U.S. dollars and start building a a savings account, if you will, in a domiciled in gold. Mm -hmm. Some people do one-time purchases when they feel like they want to be able to buy some gold. Other people set it up as like a reoccurring savings. I think that's been kind of the most common thing we've started seeing. People just kind of set it and forget it, where they want to put in like either $50 a week or $100 a week or or $200 a month. Uh, They choose whatever their flexibility is, and they just start building a a gold position 
uh, that way. When you're buying gold on the platform, it's fully reserved, fully backed. Uh, it's not sort of like a paper or promise or anything like that. Gold, you're buying directly um, that's stored within a vault uh, within Brinks. You've got seven locations of vaults so you want that you may want to maintain or hold your gold around the world. Uh, it's free to store. Uh, it's fully insured. Uh, and of course, there's no delivery costs because you're actually buying directly from the vault. So once you have the gold there sitting in the vault, uh, so we've completely modernized the way for someone to be able to get access to gold and very, very cost effectively. Uh, but the way the technology platform works is it's not about just being able to buy the gold. It's actually being able to start using the gold as money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so there are a variety of ways of being able to do that. So you mentioned the the notion of having a, a prepaid card. So we do have right. a, a gold money MasterCard prepaid card. So it, it, uh, think of it kind of like a, as a debit card, if you will. So you've got your gold balance in your gold money account. And if you want to be able to spend that at any time, uh, you can spend that wherever MasterCard is accepted. Now, I know in the U.S., um, you are slowly migrating over to this chip and pin technology or EMV mm-hmm. te- technology for cards. Right. Uh, this is this is a technology that's been around uh, for many many years throughout Europe, throughout Canada, and, and and other parts of the world where they're migrating to that. Um, so there is the um, uh, I know the notion of being able to have a pin that's uh, considered a lot more secure than having say using a signature on your card. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so um, it is kind of to the new compliance standards. Any new uh, card that's issued in the U.S. is a, a chip and pin type of, of card, and, and that's mm-hmm. sort of the, the cards that we use as well. All right. So we need to memorize our pin number, in other words. It's, <laughs> it's not a difficult thing. It's just that I'm not used to using it, and, and I need to start doing that if I'm going to use the uh, prepaid card. Yeah, so, so exactly. So, and, and you can use the card online as well. Um, a mm-hmm. lot of people use it online. Um, you can also get the card in different currencies. So uh, if you think of, um, you know, say if you're going to travel, if you're going to travel to Europe or to the UK, uh, you can get a card domiciled in different currencies. And um, instead of, you know, having to worry about the currency conversion going between the US and the Euro or, mm-hmm. or having to hold on to Euro cash, you can have a gold money card when you're in Europe you can just use your MasterCard there and you instantly just liquefy your gold for euros. You can go up to an ATM and pull out uh, euros cash if you felt like you needed that. Uh, But you're minimizing your exposure to kind of currency volatility, uh, currency conversion, uh, and of course you're you're maintaining your savings in in, um, a much better store of value in gold. Mm -hmm. So let's say I want to use my gold, my prepaid gold MasterCard uh, I go to my, I think, is it, is it my personal vault? I think is the way it looks. I, when I go online, I see that I have a certain number of grams in my vault. Yep. Then at yep. that point in time, if I, I, I have to sell that gold, essentially, and load my MasterCard with that, with the proceeds of the sale of that gold in dollars, uh, whatever currency uh, that I choose to use, right? Yeah, so the way to think of it is... Um, uh, they, to set up a gold money account is free. You could log on to your account online and you, correct, you have your different vault 
balances. We show you your balance in the weight of gold, in grams mm -hmm. of gold, and then we also show you the currency equivalent value of that in real time. So, for instance, in your case, if you want to see how much gold you have in U.S. dollars, it would display the U.S. dollar amount and the actual weight of gold. Mm -hmm. um, so you understand kind of your purchasing power. Now, if you think of, of just why would anyone want to have a savings account to begin with uh, in gold? Um, well, if I look at just this year alone, here we are in November, um, so the year is coming closer to an end. But uh, if I look at the, you know, how gold is performed um, from a purchasing power standpoint against every major fiat currency around, around the world, every currency has lost value this year around the world. Mm -hmm. um, against the U.S. dollar as of today, uh, gold is up 22.9%. So mm -hmm. if you think about that, it's a, an astonishing number. I don't, yeah. I don't know any bank accounts that are giving me 22% interest right now on my US <laughs> So, you know, as an individual, whether an individual or a business, right? Because we'll get into kind of the business application of this as well. Um, if I'm looking to store and protect my wealth, whether it be for the short term or the long term, if I have the choice now of being able to have some money in, in US dollars and some money in gold, and the way I do it myself is, you know, I keep some money in in local cash and some money in gold. When gold rises and gold goes up against my currency, I spend my gold because my purchasing power is higher. Mm -hmm. uh, if my dollar goes up, then I spend my local dollar. So mm -hmm. I, I, at least I have a choice now. Always when I'm, I'm living and looking at any sort of application of being able to spend my money, I always look at, at that point in time, what's the best use of my, uh, my wealth. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so as a savings account, that's, that's, uh, uh, certainly a beneficial way for anyone to be able to kind of preserve their wealth as a business as well. Um, think of, you know, any sort of either an online business or an offline business. If you are receiving daily sales, whether you're just a domestic business or an international business, you're receiving U.S. dollars. What do you typically do with it? You have whatever from every whatever payment system you use, you settle those funds to your bank account. Uh, and the money sits in your bank account at a very negligible interest rate. <laughs> um, it's certainly much less than the rate of inflation these days. Right. Uh, so you're, you can sit and hold in your money in U.S. dollars, but if it's actually losing value, you're actually losing earnings. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're starting to see the behavior of a lot of merchants saying, hey, what if I take a certain percentage of my sales every day mm -hmm. and just put it into gold money so I can sure. actually protect my earnings uh, for a kind of a longer term or future purchase. Um, and they still have, it's instantly liquefiable. So if they ever want to move that money back to U.S. dollars into their bank account, they can instantly. Mm -hmm. uh, or if they wanted to spend their gold directly using the gold money card, just like an individual, they can do that as well. Right. Well, Daryl, um, the expenses then, when I, let's say I want to sell some of my gold and move it into my prepaid MasterCard, mm -hmm. is that a 1% charge? Yeah, so the way the platform works, uh, we've, we've completely simplified the process for being able to buy and sell gold. So uh, from a pricing standpoint, um, you basically get within 1% of spot price at the time of purchase. Mm -hmm. So you're being able to buy gold. So we, we don't necessarily go out there and say we're the cheapest way to buy gold, but I would argue by all means, feel free to look at our price compared to most other places and how they're charging for gold. Um, and most people will find that we're probably one of the most cost-effective ways of buying gold. At the same time, whenever you want to sell your gold uh, or, or redeem your gold uh, from the platform, 
we give people multiple options. One, you can um, put it to your debit card for 1%. Uh, you can um, move it to your bank account for 1%. Or you can also redeem for physical gold. So if you actually wanted, um, I just did that recently where I redeemed some of my gold for a gold coin and I gave that to my father for his birthday type of thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I keep a gold balance, but every once in a while I'll, I'll uh, take on some physical as well. And um, uh, then also the other benefit of the platform is not just about redeeming it back in the cash, but maybe there's someone else that you actually wanted to spend money or pay someone else in gold. And one of the things we we introduced recently uh, in the United States, it's the ability to transfer your gold as payment to someone else. So if you think of um, transferring value to someone else, I can have a physical gold allocation on the gold money platform. And let's just say, uh, Jay, I wanted to send a hundred dollars to, uh, to my, uh, brother-in-law in California. Uh-huh. I can, I can go on the platform very simply and, or in the mobile app and say, send a hundred dollars to my brother's email address or phone number. <clears throat> the physical gold doesn't actually have to move from the vault. We just sure. instantly shift title from one person to another and now that other person instantly owns the gold. And I think why that's really important from a, from a payment standpoint, why that's so innovative, you know, you hear about traditional uh, payment systems and, and banks and, and whatnot talking about the conventional payment systems, talking about faster payments and trying to get to next day payments or same day payments. The challenge with being able to have faster payments in the existing ecosystem is there's so much counterparty risk, mm-hmm. right? There are people that IOUs on one balance sheet to another balance sheet to another balance sheet and so many different parties involved in every transaction. Here, it's a very simplistic approach. I own gold. I want to send value, a certain percentage of my value of gold to someone else. That title can change hands instantly. So I can instantly do a, for instance, a cross-border transaction from here in Canada to my brother-in-law in California. He now owns that value of gold. He can either keep the gold balance in his gold money account, or he can uh, move it back to his bank account for 1%. So you can mm-hmm. basically do a, a transaction like that, cross-border, cross-currency, however you want to describe it, be, uh, to move the gold between two people is free. Uh, it's only when they want to move it off the platform into a local currency that it's a one percent within spot price. Okay, good. You answered my question. So if I, if I want to send my gold to someone else who has a gold money account, um, I can do that for free. Um, yeah. Now, Daryl, let's say that I bought gold on January first this year, and it's up twenty three percent as you as you just noted. Uh, is that gain a taxable gain? Uh, only when I sell the gold then, I suppose? And, and do you keep track, or does gold money keep track of that and provide that information for the IRS? Yeah, that's a great question. So so in terms of, and it varies where you are depending where you are in the world, but uh, from the United States perspective, so yeah, so whenever you are purchasing the gold to whenever you are selling the gold, whatever that uh, point in time are between the, the purchase and the redemption standpoint, whatever gain that you've had on that gold, uh, you may be subject to a capital gains tax. That... Um, 
everything that's done on the platform is automatically recorded for you as a, in a monthly statement and in an annual statement. So you don't need to sit and figure out how, you know, what are my gains or whatever the case is. Everything is provided for you. So at the end of the year, when you're doing your taxes, uh, either yourself or whether you're just handing it to your accountant, you can show that uh, these are my gains from any of the assets that I've had this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, one other thing I'd like to ask you about is security. I think you touched on it a moment ago. Uh, you mentioned title is granted is switched from one person at Gold Money to another at Gold Money uh, account holder. Uh, it's my understanding that you know th- this is one of the I think the strong points. If I lend money to, to the bank, actually when I put my paycheck in the bank, I am lending money to the bank, and I'm an unsecured creditor, and the bank uh, can legally. If they're not able to pay me back, they don't have to pay me back. I mean, if they try to. I mean, so far, we haven't had a problem. There have been bail-ins, I guess, was it Cyprus or Greece or someplace. But they are talking about bail-ins now. There's, uh, you know, they're not making it. So now, if I... If, long ago, but. What's that? <laughs> 2008 wasn't that long ago, but yes, correct. So, so you, yeah. there is some counterparty risk. You know, if I put a thousand dollars in a bank account, do they loan ten thousand dollars out against that? I mean, that's how the banks make money. Um, and of course, there are protections in place, things like FDIC insurance um, that protect you. I believe up to two hundred or two hundred fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, but you know, I've had and you know, heard of you know circumstances of someone, for instance, they're selling their house. Right. All of a sudden, you do a sale of a house, and you say a million dollars you have uh, moving into your bank account. Well, that's kind of unprotected. If you yeah. think of it that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, from a gold money standpoint, absolutely. The way this structure was designed was to eliminate a lot of the counterparty risk that might be existing in the existing financial system. So, you know, the founders of the company, Roy and Josh, when they were looking at uh, at how they could set up this network is how do they create a fully backed, gold-backed financial institution that eliminates a lot of the risks that exist in the existing financial system that's out there. So the idea of being able to, when I am purchasing gold on the gold money platform, you are um, you are instantly getting a fully piece of uh, settled metal in your name um, that's fully allocated to you and fully reserved. So there is we've eliminated that counterparty risk. We, as gold money, do not have any access to that. Um, it's you know assets under administration, if you will. They're protected by Brinks and stored and secured in Brinks vaults. Uh, everything is audited by KPMG. Um, but as a company, for instance, if something was to ever happen to gold money, whether we were sued or insolvent or whatever the case is, um, we wouldn't have access to the, to customers' money, or we just don't have the ability to lien or loan against that uh, either. So you wholly own the asset yourself, um, and then you can change title of that ownership to someone else if you um, are looking to move that money around. Right, so gold money can't lend that gold out to someone else. It can't make a gold loan and then, oh, sorry, uh, we made a bad decision. We can't pay you back. It's really, it remains in our possession. So it is an asset. It is my asset. It's not my, uh, it's not an asset that's been lent to someone else and thereby, and therefore maybe not be repayable. So I just think that's an important thing for people to realize if they take some of their money out of their checking accounts, it's probably much more secure. And uh, you can also, Daryl, I think you alluded to it or mentioned that you can store your, your gold in various places. As a matter of fact, I believe that I have one vault in Canada and one vault in, uh, in the U.S. So, but you, how many countries can you store your gold in and how many currencies uh, can you exchange your gold for? 
Yeah, no, that's a great question. So, so currently we have turned on seven vaults around the world. We have uh, New York, Toronto, Hong Kong, Singapore, London, Dubai, and Zurich, Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very easy for, uh, similar to you, I do something similar as well, where I have a certain allocation of my gold uh, here locally in Toronto. So uh, the vault is actually close to me if I ever wanted to go pick any of it up. Um, so I have that as kind of like my short-term savings. Long-term savings, I keep uh, some in Switzerland. And, mm-hmm. and uh, just for personal preference on being able to have you know something in another location as well. Uh, sure. So it's completely up to a customer and that customer has a choice in where they actually want to have the gold stored. Um, and then, sorry, what was the second part of your question? Um, well, I think how many uh, different currencies can you... Uh, how many different currencies, yeah. yeah. So when you're purchasing gold on the platform, you can uh, purchase from many different currencies around the world, whether you're using euros, British pounds, uh, Australian dollars, Hong Kong dollars, Canadian dollars, US dollars. Um, you can also instantly move money out to bank accounts in, uh, let me see now, I believe it's 44 different currencies. Wow. Okay. Uh, over 80 countries. So wow. um, we have customers now. We've got about 1.3 million uh, users on the platform who've signed mm-hmm. up for an account. So we've quickly become one of the fastest growing fintech companies on the planet. Um, close to $1.9 billion worth of assets on the mm. platform. Um, and um, uh, we're seeing you know, a tremendous amount of activity in terms of the cards themselves. Uh, you know, People start with a savings account. And they realize, wow, this is just an easier, faster, better way to be able to get access to gold. Uh, but then they start seeing the real benefit of the platform and being able to use it as payment. So, um, for instance, the cards that you mentioned earlier, that that business is growing about 15% month over month in terms of mm-hmm. number of cards issued out there. But the spend on the card is growing about 25% month over month. So. Uh, as people start getting familiar and comfortable and maturing with us on the platform, they're starting to use us in more and more ways. And oh. um, so we're seeing that growth from businesses. We're seeing that growth from transfers, being able to uh, send money to friends and family overseas. Uh, for instance, Diwali uh, was a, a big event a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so a lot of people from India being able to you know, send money, uh, and rather than sending money, they're sending gold. Um, so there's a lot of different use cases around the world that we're seeing that uh, people are, are definitely seeing the benefits of having a gold money account. All right. Well, we're just about out of time here, Daryl. Before we leave you go, uh, people should go to gold money. I guess you can just uh, sit down behind your behind your uh, your laptop or your desktop or or what about mobile devices? Are you, everything you can do on a laptop, you can do on a mobile device as well. That's absolutely. Yep. So we've we we have both on the desktop and in a mobile the ability to access a gold money personal account, a gold money business account, and also gold money wealth accounts now as well. So they're all integrated within one platform uh, so people can be able to uh, buy gold seamlessly and use all those uh, great payments and transaction capabilities in the personal and business accounts. And the wealth accounts allows you to buy silver, platinum, palladium, hold multiple cash balances, uh, and a variety of other options as well. All right, so, we're, we're going to have to leave it go at that. I, I really So people should go to goldmoney.com. Go to goldmoney.com. It's a fairly simple process. Go in there and uh, you can just do it all online, right, Daryl? And uh, I, I really urge people to check this out because I think it's very, very important, especially if we're heading into another financial storm, which I think is very, very possible, if not likely. So thank you very much for being with us again, Daryl. And I want to have you back sometime if we can to talk more about the business and the wealth sections absolutely. of 
of, of gold money. So thank you so much for being with us. It's very important stuff, uh, and we'll look to do it again sometime in the near future. Well, folks, that is all the time we have this week. Next week, I'm, be, I'm going to be talking to Andrew McGuire. He's a London-based gold trader who's very well known in some circles anyway and we'll look to talk to him should be very interesting if you're a gold antitrust action committee uh, uh, fan I suppose you'll want to hear what Andrew McGuire has to say so uh, that's it for this week and thanks again until next week goodbye and God's blessings to you thank you again for listening to turning hard times into good times with Jay Taylor Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Novo Resources focuses on the exploration and development of gold projects. Its flagship asset is the Beaton's Creek Gold Project in Western Australia, where it is currently processing a 30,000-ton bulk sample. Novo also controls 100% interest in the Blue Speck Gold Antimony Project, where it is conducting a 10,000-meter drill program. The company has over $7 million in cash and enjoys strong shareholder support from the likes of Eric Sprott and Newmont Mining. It trades in Canada and the U.S. under the NVO and NSRPF respectively.